Hello and welcome back to the Yet Worth podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and I'm here with my co-host, Max. Hey, everyone. And today we are continuing to dive into our new ebook, Planting the Seed, 20 Ways to Preserve Your Yet Worth. And you can get that by going to yetworth.com slash ebook. And we're on part two now, which covers government benefits. So according to ssa.gov, the first government-based disability benefits were adopted as an extension of the Social Security Administration. And since then, resources for people with disabilities have been made available at the state and local levels, too. In this section, we focus on Social Security Disability Insurance, which is at the federal level, California State Disability Insurance, since our headquarters are based there, and it's one of the few state DI programs. And we'll even talk a little about universal basic income, which is still a bit of an experimental concept. Let's start with Social Security Disability Insurance, or SSDI. This was designed as a safety net to assist those most in need with the expectation of a lifelong disability. SSDI is hard to qualify for. Only 22% of SSDI claims are approved the first time around, and this is according to SSA.gov. If you appeal, it's typically a long wait to go through that process, up to a couple years plus legal fees. And then if you do win and become eligible, the average monthly SSDI benefit is about $1,350 per month. And one other thing to note, is this does nothing for those of you in highly specialized fields. Yeah, and I think I I just want to quickly highlight the fact that you mentioned only 22% of SSDI claims are approved the first time around, and typically there's a pretty lengthy appeals process that averages about 18 months is the the last piece of data I saw on that. And the reason is, is I think it's pretty clear cut. I mean, you're looking at people who are out of work. They they can't do their typical job, and so they have no other recourse but to apply for Social Security disability insurance. And so, when you're looking at a you know a, essentially a a, a declination rate of 78%, um, that tells me that people are thinking that SSDI is more attainable than it really is. And and where the rubber meets the road on really any disability insurance policy comes down to the definition of total disability, typically, um, with with uh, private insurance policies and, and private DI individual DI policies, you have uh, residual or partial disability, that which is also a key feature uh, where you can access benefits. But for most people, you know, we're thinking about a total disability scenario where income is completely uh, stopped coming in, and uh, and that's why people file for SSDI. But the problem is with SSDI, their definition of total disability requires a permanent and total disability, no foreseeable opportunity to go back to work. So typically that's got to result in like a really serious and chronic diagnosis that's going to keep you from basically participating in the economy. Uh, and so that's going to be really hard to qualify for and to prove truly um, through that process. So that's why it takes one or two or three appeals in, in many cases. And oftentimes that involves an attorney that's going to get involved and they're going to take a decent percentage of your benefits uh, after that gets approved. So um, really just understanding the definition of disability is so important. And that SSDI 
really requires, you know, a, a lack of participation in the greater economy in order to qualify. Yeah, you kind of discussed the total disability definition and how if you're in a highly specialized occupation, you you're expected to go get another job, which probably won't pay you as well. And um, you won't qualify for SSDI because it's any occupation. So if you can work in some capacity, you will be. Unless you wanted to add on anything there, we can drill down to state DI programs. As of right now, only five states in the nation offer public disability benefits, and California is the most comprehensive example. California State DI, which we sometimes call CASD as the acronym, uh, is a dynamic benefit offered to all W-2 wage earners in California. And it's calculated based on about 65% of an employee's highest quarterly income within the past 24 months. And the maximum caps out at about $6,160 a month, which is not bad compared to federal DI benefits. All W-2 earners pay into this already, so it sounds great, right? There are a couple of caveats, and there's one big main one, which is that this benefit only lasts for up to 12 months. So that's a year. You get a year of benefits if you qualify for that full year, and that's it. You're done. Plus, only your W-2 wages are considered in this benefit calculation. So not any of your 1099 or miscellaneous income you might be relying on every month. And you may have noticed CASD benefits are relatively more than federal SSDI benefits because California has a relatively higher cost of living. Therefore, people tend to have higher incomes and the maximum of around 6,000 a month might not cut it for your financial obligations. Well, one key point to note here, even though you're getting up to 6,160 a month, and I think that's gonna require an income of about 150,000 or more. So anybody beyond 150,000, any, anybody who makes more than that, or uh, you know has income from 1099, commission, bonus, that stuff's not covered under um, California state disability. So one other thing I want to draw to what you mentioned was the fact that we're looking at a paycheck reduction, right? So you're you're paying for this as a W-2 employee, whether you like it or not. This is a mandatory um, with, uh, withholding that you that you pay as a California state employee, and so or an employee in the state of California, I should say, not not an employee of the state but an employee that resides in the state of California. And uh, what you're paying is about one to 2% of your income. So the funny part about this is in the, if you're looking in the private market and you allocated one to 2% of your income, you would be able to get a much more robust benefit, maybe about the same monthly benefit, but way beyond one year of benefits. So the total pool of benefits is going to be in the multi-millions of dollars for most people. Um, and all it takes is one to two percent of income. And, and that's really, you know, I think focusing on the big picture is really important here because, yes, you're going to get with California State Disability, you're going to get a little reprieve. Um, you're, you can focus on, you know, recovery if it is an injury, I think is really, really valuable. This stuff is really valuable because most people can recover from an injury within a year. 
Um, obviously there are chronic injuries that will stay with you, uh, like back issues and stuff like that, that are not easy. And, you know, you, you're probably going to want to have some more, um, a longer duration on your DI policy to cover something like that. But assuming that we're, you know, you know, it's a broken leg or something like that, you're going back to work within a year, no problem. This works great. But, you know, big picture, if you're missing your income for five years, you know, you're going to see that reverberate throughout the rest of your life. So, for instance, if you had, you know, about a half a million dollars in savings when you go down with, uh, you know, a, a disability that's going to uh, stop you from working for the next five years and you need to still use the income from your savings, I mean, you're going to deplete a massive proportion of your of your savings at that point, your retirement savings, which is going to have a huge effect in your retirement goals and your retirement uh, spending as well. So we want to make sure that you know you're not borrowing from the future, and that's really the goal. The goal here, and and allocating one to two percent of income, since you're doing it anyway out of your own paycheck, uh, whether you like it or not, is is it's just so much more valuable valuable to do in the um, in the private space where you're where you're really protecting millions of dollars on a potential claim scenario. So that that big picture stuff, I think, is really important to understand when, you know, you're on, you know, when you're trying to evaluate whether or not somebody has adequate protection. Oh, California check W2 wage earner check. They're good. Um, they're not good. It's not it's not going to cover a lot of disability scenarios. Um, and so we, we just want to make sure that, you know, people are are protected. Uh, and that their financial goals and obligations are able to be met, especially with retirement on the horizon for virtually everybody. Absolutely. I think looking at the big picture like that, because the California monthly state benefit looks like it could be cool, like at 6000 a month, that could be enough for you. But like we said, it, it lasts only up to a year. And so that total disability benefit is far lower than what you could potentially have if you had a five-year benefit period or up to age 65, which is what we typically like to suggest. Right. And if you calculate the maximum payout to, I mean, 6160 times 12, you're looking at a total uh, potential benefit of less than $75,000. So that's the total potential payout for the maximum claim scenario through California State DI. The average disability policy payout for the total cumulative benefit is well over $2 million. So you're looking at just peanuts compared to what a true DI policy can do. Good point. So finally, let's discuss universal basic income. UBI is a minimum level of income supplied to every citizen of a certain state or municipality no matter your age or socioeconomic status, everyone receives the same base level of income. Typically, it's pretty low. Um, Finland has tried this, and it resulted in an increase in overall mental well-being. Stockton, California has tried this, and a noteworthy result is that participants' employment increased more than the control group, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So while current data suggests that UBI can be beneficial, it's not a reliable method for income replacement since the base is typically very low. For example, Stockton's was $500 a month. But personally, I'm interested in seeing more of these trials. Yeah, same here. I think the, you know, it's interesting to note that Finland and Stockton both pulled 
their programs. I, I don't know necessarily why. I'm sure that was a political decision to some extent, but um, it sounded like they both had positive results, but they probably also had negative results, whether or not that was just from a sustainability aspect, um, not able to spread it out to everybody uh, in in an equitable way, perhaps. But regardless, I mean, UBI, I think it's, you know, between those two examples, I'm sure there are others as well. It's clearly demonstrated that this is an effective way to help people kind of um, who are on the fringes of poverty. But by no means is this an adequate way to deal with any sort of disability income scenario for most people in the United States. I mean, to come up with some sort of UBI, like I think Andrew Yang is kind of the guy who's trying to champion this. Um, he's not talking about replacing income for for people who make over $100,000 a year, just straight up. He's talking about maybe $1,000 a month for people to, to you know have just some sort of necessary spending money that's for housing, shelter, uh, food, um, recreation, maybe to invest in themselves so they can become business owners. And you know I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have a good idea of where that should go or could go or uh, if it's the if it's appropriate or even sustainable financially, I'm not the Congressional Budget Office. I have no idea. If it is, sure, go for it. But uh, at the same time, you know, I know there's a lot of other programs that would probably benefit from that money too. So I'm undecided on it personally. But it in no way, shape, or form is intended to be some sort of income replacement uh, where everybody's going to live in a utopian society of artists. Um, because all of our basic income needs are met all of a sudden. That's just <laughs> hilarious to think of it like that. But I think that's kind of where a lot of people are coming from. It's like, oh, well, I'll have my my expenses paid. Well, no. It, I mean, the best case scenario is you're going to get a check for $1,000 a month. Um, if you can live on that, awesome. I did that in college. That was awesome. But <laughs> I wasn't really participating in society at that point. Uh, and I think... <laughs> Really, anybody who you know is a professional and, and takes their career seriously understands that this is not something that's going to provide adequate income replacement, even if they have access to one of these programs, which is you know obviously just getting started um, and probably not going to happen. I think that's pretty much the bottom line here about UBI. We just had to mention it, though. So. <laughs> we did. I mean, there's yeah, you get some you get some interesting uh, objections over the years. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our conversation on government benefits. That was part two of our ebook, Planting the Seed, 20 Ways to Preserve Your Yet Worth. And next time we will be covering part three, which covers employee benefits, including retirement disability, pension, workers' comp, group LTD, executive income, and worksite insurance. Yay. <laughs> See you then.